You may have noticed that my name is not Bill Bagwell, which is printed in the bulletin. So um, I am blessed that my husband was nowhere else preaching today, and so he's had the choice if he wanted to be here or the other service, and he said, I can wear jeans over there. So it's not that he doesn't love y'all, but he prefers to wear jeans. So he's in the contemporary service today. But I'm blessed to be with you in the presence of God today. So I want to ask a question, and I ask that you just kind of participate with me just for a few minutes. How many of you would honestly say that you feel like you're a pretty generous person? Show of hands. <laughs> I agree. I, I, think that, I think that we are. I agree with my whole heart in this that, that when I look across Pittman Park, I see some of the most amazing, passionate, generous people. I see people that give of their time. And, and I don't know how uh, y'all know, but Fred is here all the time. He runs the sound. He locks up. He fixes things. He's got a crew that helps him on Tuesdays and they give of their time. They may give of some words occasionally, but, but they give of their time and talents. Our choir, they, they sacrifice time on Wednesdays in preparation. They, they sacrifice time on Sunday and they lead us in worship. I gave Gwen the option this morning of either preaching the sermon or being my lay leader and she chose to be lay leader. So she's giving and there's others of you that do. And we are blessed by the generous gift, the grace of giving that so many people give at Pittman Park. But on the side of that, there are times where we can look across America and we can see that most Americans do think they're generous, but we're really not. Most Americans don't feel rich, yet we are. We find ourselves in the beginning of our stewardship campaign series for our, for our budget, our, for the ministry of Pittman Park. And this is a three-week series leading up to September 30th as our Commitment Sunday. If you've not received an, a letter in the mail with your commitment card and the letter from Bill and I, please be on the lookout. That should be coming. But at the same time, I want to go back to the idea that most of us don't feel rich. And the reason is because there's always somebody that has more. We compare ourselves with people who have more, maybe even a lot more, and we don't feel like we are wealthy. Did you realize that if you drive a car, a car, that puts you in the top 10% of people in the world? And depending on the study you read, six to 9% in actuality. We're blessed, we don't, and we don't even realize it, we don't understand it, we don't process it, and we take it for granted. So chances are some of you are, are like me and had this experience this week. You got in your car or someone else's car, you drove per, pa, by six, maybe even seven restaurants to go to your favorite restaurant. You walk up to your favorite restaurant Perhaps you were a little put off because you had to wait five to 10 minutes and you usually don't have to. Someone else came and took your order, brought food to you, you ate it all, you cleaned, someone else cleaned up your dishes, you got back into your vehicle, drove to the place you live, 
And if you live like some people, you go to your house and you push a button and a door opens up. How amazing is that? And then you drive your car into its own little house. Your car has a house. And some of you, you even have a house for two or three of your cars. You walk into your house and it's climate controlled, which is a very nice thing. If you want it to be 72 degrees, it's magically 72 degrees, no matter what the temperature is outside. Some of you are saying that's ridiculous, it needs to be 74. (laughs) You go to your house and you go to the restroom. We all go to the restroom, right? But you go to the restroom and you push a button, pull a handle and your stuff goes away. (laughs) We don't ever think about that that our stuff goes away. But we're missing out on a really big blessing because many people, their stuff doesn't go away. It stays in a hole. You push a button and it's still in the hole. This is how rich we are. It doesn't happen all over the world. You go to sleep in your comfortable bed. You wake up the next day and you get ready like this morning to go to your church. You walk to your closet and you've got clothes on this side and you've got clothes on this side and some of you have two stories worth of clothes and yet you still say, I've got nothing to wear. That's how rich we are. And we don't realize how blessed we are. The average American would say, yes, I'm pretty generous, but do you realize how much the average American gives? 2.8% of what they bring in. And the bad news is, is if you are blessed even more, if you make over $100,000 a year, it's not 2.8, it's 2.6%. That's not generous, is it? When we partner with God, we do something different. God has given us this grace and poured blessing upon blessing out on us. But we get to the point and we say, I don't think I can. I, I, don't, I don't think I can. We hear this scarcity mindset that comes into play. It's in our language. There's just not enough. I wish I could give more, but I can't afford to. We can never get ahead. We're always behind. And the newest one that I hear quite regularly, there's always more month than money. The challenge is, is scarcity is actually a cycle. God supplies. And the first thing that we do is we end up consuming. We have it, so we spend it. And then the end of the month comes and we're like, oh no, there's not enough, so we lack. And whenever we consume and we don't have enough and we lack, then the emotion comes into play and we fear and we consume more. And tragically, this is how the majority of people in America live today. It's called living paycheck to paycheck. God gives to us. We spend what we have. We often spend more than we have living in this debt cycle. So we consume, we lack, we fear. We consume, we lack, we fear. It's this cycle that we cannot seem to get out of. A cycle of scarcity. And you're thinking, oh, now we're in this series where the church is asking me to give and I can't afford to do that. 
But I want to show you as followers of Christ, as partnering with God, with the grace that he has given to us, that we need to have a totally different mindset. Because of what God does in us, this is what we are called to do. Did you hear our scripture? They, we, are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share. Storing up for ourselves a treasure of a good foundation so that we can have life that is truly life. Because of what God has done for us, we need to be different. We need to experience this grace in giving, this generous nature within us, but giving as God has called us to give. And you know what, when we do that, it creates a different cycle. It's not a cycle of scarcity, it becomes this cycle of supply. Let me show you. Because of what God did for us, we are called to live generously. Paul talks a lot about giving to the Corinthian church and in other places, but our scripture in 2 Corinthians, beginning in chapter nine, verse seven says, Paul says this, you must decide in your heart how much to give. We give generously and listen to his instruction. Do not give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So even though this series is inspiring and, and meant to call us and challenge us in the amount we give, in what we give our commitment to God, it's not meant to be a pressure building thing. This is your relationship with God. God wants us to give cheerfully, joyously, even hilariously to the world around us because we need to believe that the blessing God has given us, the grace that God has given us is meant to be a blessing to others. God will generously provide what we need. This is not lack, this is not fear, this is abundance, this is blessing, this is serving of God. And that's what we do. When God blesses us, we give then God gives generously to us everything we need. We remember what God has given, what God has poured out is joyous to be generous. When we partner with God, this is what we do. God multiplies abundantly. We give generously and God multiplies. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. God gives us seed to sow. God gives us the relationship. God gives us this place to be in ministry and then he gives us the bread to eat. He gives us the people to be connected with. He gives us the resources. In the same way, God will provide and increase our resources. This isn't lack, this isn't scarcity, this is abundance. This is grace in giving. He multiplies our resources and produces a harvest in our generosity. I look back 
to two years ago in 2016 when Pittman Park celebrated its 60th year in ministry. Not quite 64 years, Ms. Benny, but 60, right? And so 60 years in ministry, and what a wonderful summer that was. Finances were amazing. We had a, a box set out, and, and Ms. Dale, I don't know if this was part of your idea, but I think it was connected in conversation. We, we wrapped it up and cut a hole as a birthday present, and you were able to give a birthday present to Pittman Park for 60 years in ministry. I don't think this building even acknowledges your, your gift or sent you a thank you note for that, because it's a building. But the people of Pittman Park, the ministries here have recognized that and following directly from that summer, we started a capital campaign called Repay, Repair, Renew, and through that we rejoice, right? And the people of Pittman Park came together. Your contribution, your, your commitment for this celebration was three years and it was over a million dollars. And we were thinking if by Easter we could repay, we had a little bit of debt left over from the kids' wing when we did that a few years ago, and if by Easter is what we were thinking, this started in October, and if by Easter we could pay it off, by December we paid off the debt because of the generosity, the grace that people gave. And since then we've still been collecting because now we need to get to the repair portion. Well, I can report to you that it costs a little bit more. <laughs> Finances are a fun thing, aren't they? But we are beginning steps that in the next couple weeks, you will begin to see scaffolding going up and repair work to our structure, some masonry, and our slate roof will be getting repaired beginning this fall. And so we rejoice in what God is doing. And we thought this was going to be around six to seven hundred thousand, and now we're looking at nine hundred and ninety thousand. So our capital campaign may be changing its title just a little bit. Instead of repay, repair, and renew, we're looking more at repay and re-roof. <laughs> but I think there's something missing. That renew meant a lot. That renew was some of the little things within the congregation and the, the facility that needs a little love. And so I think what we're gonna see is we're gonna see the people of Pittman Park coming together, rejoicing in the ministry that's taking place here with your commitment to the budget. We're gonna see people coming together and, and serving God in faithfulness as we continue in our capital campaign. And I think what we're going to see is people who are to do good and be rich in good works. And that might mean rich in picking up a paintbrush and helping us paint a little bit. But God is blessing us. And we need to see that the grace and what God has given to us can be seen throughout this place in the world. And it's calling us to step outside of maybe what we're comfortable with and to look to a tithe, a true tithe in our giving. The word tithe comes from the Hebrew word maser, M-A-S-S-E-R, which means one-tenth. 
One-tenth of everything that comes to us, we are called to give back to God. Did you hear that? One-tenth of everything that comes into us, we give back. And we look to the New Testament and the gospel and Jesus is recorded twice in telling us you should tithe and do not forget the important matters of the law. When God blesses us, we worship as an act of honor and we return back to God just a 10%, but our mindset gets caught up in the scarcity and we think we lack and we fear and we say we cannot do it and we need to experience, we need to come partnering with God and come into that cycle of abundance. So God teaches us to tithe. Deuteronomy 14, 23, the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first. God did that for us when he gave his firstborn son, when he gave us Christ. And so we partner with God in giving back to God the first. And you may say, I should have just stayed asleep today. For me to do that, Stephanie, it would mean I have to reorient our entire budget, how we look and do. Are you asking me, are you telling me to do that? And I wanna say, yes, I am. I want you in these next couple weeks to look at where you spend money, to look at how you give, and I want you to pray over that commitment card Because what I'm asking you to do is to look deep at what God is calling you to do. And it requires us to have a crazy faith, to rearrange, to to prioritize our life around God first. So a tithe teaches us to put God first. And second thing it teaches us to do is it builds our faith. When we put God first, we And this is the only part in scripture where you see it. In Malachi chapter three, verse 10 and 11, it says, bring the whole time into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Give me your first and your best and I will bless the rest. God is saying, put me to the test. The only spot in scripture where God tells us to test him and it's this. God is saying, give me the 10% and I will be able to do abundantly more with your 90 than you were able to do with 100%. We put God first. It builds our faith. And the third thing that a tithe teaches us is how it provides for the work and ministry that God has called us into. It's not just the ministry here at Pittman Park. That's a small component of what we do as as believers. But as part of the Methodist church, our money goes far beyond these walls. Our money is is in building ministry and evangelism and bringing people in through the World Service Fund. Our money is going to Africa University where there are 21 different campuses teaching and reaching the countries in Africa that we will never step foot in. Our money is going to a bishop's fund to continue service throughout the world of our people and how we can bring people into Christ. It's not just what happens here. 
It's not park kids and park students. It's not our mission's opportunity, but it is beyond places that we will never see. We give to God that God can multiply and use and bless the ministries that we're a part of. So what do we do? We get outside of the cycle of scarcity. We partner with God in knowing that God, it is only through your grace that I'm able to live in this moment of giving. It is only through what you've taught me because it's not what the world is teaching us. But we come alongside God. We reprioritize what is important to us and we put God first. So let's step outside the bounds of fear and lack. And let's live in the generous abundance of what God has called us to. When we give, God multiplies. Our faith grows and we give more and it becomes this cycle of abundance. When we give, people thank God. It's not because of what we do but it's the grace in giving. Because God gave first, we give to God. Let it become part of who you are that God may be glorified and all the world's needs can be met through our extravagant generosity. Do good, be rich in good works, generous and ready to share. Will you join with me as we pray? Almighty God, empower us, the people of Pittman Park, the ministry of God in this place to be part of a revolution of generosity, using what you have given to us, the grace you have given to us that we may extend that grace in our giving. May we come alongside you, almighty God, that you would be first within our life, that you would build our faith and our life could be that of a tithe in serving you first and foremost. May we be a blessing in this world that the ministry may continue and you would guide our hearts in service. Inspire us in this time of preparation for our commitment to you and know that the commitment is not just to the place here, but Lord, our commitment is to the calling you have put in our hearts to serve you with faithfulness. Guide us, stir our hearts, and inspire our lives to give to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.